The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today, I am joined by global entrepreneur, philanthropist, beauty industry leader, and CEO of Ralph's Global, Francis Tesmer. In collaboration with L'Oreal USA Professional Products, Francis founded LEAD, a revolutionary higher education program that is designed to evaluate a new era of leaders for the ever-changing world of beauty. With a passion for women's empowerment, social justice, economic growth, and sustainability, Francis has established herself as an ambassador for small and mid-sized companies to take their ideas, products, and services to the global market. In addition to her professional success, she continuously supports and collaborates with hundreds of not-for-profit organizations that help connect leaders from around the world to ensure positive changes are happening everywhere. Holding prominent roles, such as the president of the United Nations World Trade Point Federation Germany, executive producer of a full-length documentary, and now CEO of the first ever education program that offers a bachelor's degree in beauty. This is certainly one of the most unique, well-rounded, and impactful guests we have ever had, specifically when it comes to the beauty industry and really the depth of what beauty means. Francis, thank you so much for being here. We are excited to have you on Trading Secrets. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here with you. Yes. Now, a little, I love to give the viewers a little behind the scenes. And behind the scenes last night, and I have never done this with a guest, and I think I'm going to start doing it. But <laughs> Francis suggested that we grab dinner to get to know one another better. And we had a, a three-hour extensive conversation. And Francis, you're one of the deepest humans that I've ever met. And your story is incredible. And we're going to get into the beauty industry and everything you're doing to impact not only the United States, but the entire world. But before we do, after this dinner, guys, I want you to just follow me here. Three hours. I said, you know what, Francis? We went over everything. Francis has met with kings and queens and oil tycoons. She's lived in 22, 20 plus countries. It's amazing. I said, how do you do it? And she gave me an answer just about the human machine and sleep regimens and things that I think you guys immediately while listening to this episode can take it away. So can we start with just your philosophy on rest, sleep, and just the machine of a human? Absolutely. I am happy to. Here is the truth. We are, every human being, every one of us is part of the creation. This piece of technology that is called human being (laughs) is the most amazing piece of technology in the whole world, right? Right. And I believe it's so important that we all learn the manual of how to interact with this, the most sophisticated, complex piece of technology, if we call it that, in the whole world. And that makes all the difference. It starts with that and it ends with that. And I feel that it is so important that we understand this piece of technology in a way. It's like you sit in a Ferrari, Mm -hmm. maybe in a Mercedes Benz, the best car ever, right? 
It has everything on it. But if you don't know how to drive it, it's no good. It's, it makes so much sense. And it also aligns to the next question I asked you when you told me that our bodies are the most complex machines in the world. And I see everything you've done. And guys, my first, my, one of my questions was, how many hours of sleep do you get a night? Tell me your <laughs> philosophy on just sleep and rest. Yes, indeed. So I believe resting and sleeping is two separate things. A lot of time we could be sleeping, but we might not get rest. Rest is a whole different word. And in order to be able to rest again, we need to know ourselves, this piece of technology. How do you deal with it? How do you help it to rest? How do you awaken it? How do you, you know, all of that. So, I was sharing with you last night, just our liver alone, okay? Mm -hmm. If you were to create a manufacturing facility in the world to do the liver job, it would be six, seven huge football stadium in size. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if we can manage to do what just one of our organs can do. It's so fascinating because we think so much about technology and what we could do and how we can manage things in our life and our business and our income. And if we could take a self-reflection to just our machines and learn how to operate those first, we can create happiness within ourselves. And this is part of our conversation last night. And from that, happiness will come to you. And I think one of the things you said to me last night that will always resonate with me, Francis, is you said, once you've learned how to operate your machine and create happiness and fulfillment from the outside and the inside, everything else will start to click and make sense. Everything will align. And it seems like it has to you. And then the biggest fact that I was blown away by when it comes to the human machine of Francis, tell him, Francis, how many hours a night do you sleep? Three hours and a half to four. Three and I was blown away. I was like, Francis, how do you do it? And I told her, I get up at three, four in the morning sometimes. And I'm like, I have to go back to sleep. And she's like, that's because you have been trained that people have told you you have to get back to sleep. You have great energy. Go capture it. Go use it. I needed to make sure we talked about that first. Now, I know you guys are intrigued because Francis is doing unbelievable work. And your family's background is in banking and finance and oil and and real estate. You have so many things going on. But now you are leading the charge as the number one individual in the world to make an impact in the beauty business because you have this unbelievable thesis about the fact that it is decades, decades behind every other industry. And you guys stay tuned because we're going to get into that. But first, tell us, Beauty is not your background. How did you get into this business and what drove this passion? Yes, beauty is indeed not my background in that way. And if I were to say it in a few words, it is my passion for women, empowerment and education and impact that brought me into the world of beauty. When I lost my mom, sadly, to cancer about 15 years ago, I came to this realization that I wanted as an individual to take my personal impact or input or contribution to the world to the next level. And so I was thinking to do that through health 
and I ended up in beauty. Because look, life is beauty and beauty is life. And this is where women are, right? So I thought from the platform of beauty, from the place where women are, I can do something there and take it to the next level. Yes. And it's amazing. And, and so when we got into this conversation at dinner and you told me about this, the next question I had, well, how do you make an impact in beauty and why is your thesis centralized around beauty? And then I did some more research and I heard that the government is giving tons of grants to beauty schools, right? But people are then graduating from these cosmetology and beauty schools and they're earning on average about $16,000 annually, but then they hold $10,000 in student debt. So what can you tell me a little bit about where you see the biggest issues in the current industry of beauty today? Sure. The biggest issue is the gap that we have in today's time, right? Technology has completely transformed the world we live in. The human of today, the modern everyday person, all of us, our mind, our heart, our need, our desire are in a different place that they were hundreds of years ago, right? So the gap is that the beauty school as it is today does not prepare the beauty professionals to deal with the modern, highly changed world that we all live in. We need to take it to the next level. We need to help beauty professionals to learn everything they need to learn, to have the tools to deal with this modern world. And the beauty school are not doing that at this time. It's so fascinating. It aligns with my thesis in the finance world of we are not taught the things about money. Mm -hmm. One of the most important things in the world mm -hmm. that we need to know in our school system. This thesis correlates to the fact that beauty school does not set these students up for success. And then you had a solution. We're going to get to that solution. But before we get to that, tell me a little bit about or educate our viewers. When someone does come out of beauty school, over the years and decades, what is the likelihood of them succeeding? And what does it look like today for those people that do go to beauty school in this whole hierarchy, career, and industry of beauty? Yes. Indeed, it's a sad story because it's very limited. Over 85% of a student graduating from cosmetology school do not have the life, the business, the life skill, the business acumen, the all the t tools that you need in order to be successful. So a lot of the time, the first three years, they drop out all together. That's the ugly truth right now. Right, right. And I also think about in, in a little bit of our conversation is I'm just naturally curious about careers. So when I sit in the chair and I get my hair cut, I'm always asking them. And it doesn't seem like they are coming out of beauty school with that entrepreneurship financial background that they can understand that the when they're paying rent for their area, 
it's going to the business owner who's then just created a way to pay down real estate. And it seems like there's a little bit of a knowledge gap, which is a, like leading to a lack of professional growth within this industry. That's what you're seeing, Indeed. correct? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the thesis is we can do something better. And then you partner up with L'Oreal USA Professional Products to launch the lead education program based on your thesis. Tell us a little bit about what the lead education program is and what it does different than the beauty schools out there today. Absolutely. So the very first thing, this is a movement. Lead is a global movement to elevate the beauty industry and create the next era of opportunity for beauty professionals. Number one, it's about creating, it's about helping beauty professionals to receive the respect and the acknowledgement and the financial freedom. But even more than that, it's about letting beauty to play full on. Beauty is powerful. Beauty is transformational. Beauty can do so much more in our life, and we need to let it do that. And in order for beauty professionals to do that, they need the next level of knowledge. So at LEAD, every single beauty professional will get the knowledge they need. What are those knowledge? Science, communication, business, finance, entrepreneurship innovation, learning how to constantly adapt to the ever-changing time. This is what our life today and into tomorrow is all about. We all need to learn how to adapt ourselves constantly as we move forward. So LEAD has created this educational program customized to this population and the knowledge is delivered in the most innovative modern system that they can actually learn it and apply it in their life. And with that, change their future. So you think about this education program. And the idea here is if we can make the masses that are in this industry educated at a deeper level, they will be able to capture this multi-multi-billion dollar industry at a greater level than they ever have. Absolutely and 100%. And it's interesting because I just had a haircut appointment and there was the assistant behind me. And the assistant said, I said to her, you know, tell me about your career. And she went to college and she dropped out. And she dropped out to go to beauty school to be then a hairdresser. And I said, well, how are you liking it so far? Do you enjoy it? She said, I love it. The only one that doesn't is my dad. I said, why doesn't your dad like that? And she said, because he just has this preconceived notion that if I'm a hairdresser, I can't do well in this industry. And when you think about what you guys are creating, when you hear a story like that, what does it mean to you and everything that you're trying to change? Oh, my God. It's not just the dad, but most of the time the mom and the dad, but most people in the world. What we are trying to do is to create a career, a future for beauty professionals so that the next time 
young people who love this industry, who want to be successful in this industry, go to mom and dad and say, mom, dad, I know you want me to be an engineer, a lawyer or whatever, but you know what? I am going to go into beauty, into fashion, into, and mom and dad will immediately respond, oh my God. And the truth is you can't blame my mom and dad because the image okay, of this industry is where it is. And that's exactly what we want to elevate. The income of this industry is where it is. And that's what we want to change. The many different areas of opportunity right now is limited. We want to take it not not only that you can be a beauty professional, but you can work in a laboratory. You can become a beauty scientist. You can be in the film industry. You can be an entrepreneur. You can have so many different opportunities that you never had before. That is what we are changing. And with that, the image of this industry, it is so sad that that's how people think. And we're saying Enough of that. Francis is breaking this stereotype. And not only is she breaking this stereotype, but she believes that this industry, once it changes, can impact the customer, can impact the consumer and the people. And when you think about that, right, out you're listening right now. Do you know who does your hair? Do you know their name? Do you know their story? Maybe you get, you know, a man manicure or pedicure. You know those people. Now, think about the relationship you have with those individuals versus the relationship you might have with your dentist or doctor, right? You might think the manicure is not as important as my dentist or doctor, but think about how much time, especially now us in the United States of America, how often we are sitting there endless time with these professionals. I am with my hairdresser, the person who does my manicure and pedicure, way more in a year than I am with my doctor. I know way more about their life than I do of my doctor. And there is a greater impact here. So tell me a little bit about what you think the college and university educated beautician will benefit the end user. How does it benefit the people, the consumer and the customer? Absolutely. You know, this whole movement is about beautician and then about the consumer, the client. It's a win-win situation. What does it mean? Look, like you said, we spend more of our time as individual in this modern world, right, with beautician than anybody else. I joke about it. Normally we go to lawyer because we want to get a divorce or we are in fight with somebody. We go to our <laughs> doctor because we got, I don't know what. But when we go to a house of beauty, we are already looking, our condition, our mind, our heart is already looking for something good to happen. So that's our condition. Now imagine if that beauty professional can have an intelligent, transformative conversation and relationship with us so that we might no longer gossip too much. We can always check in a little bit here and there, but have important conversation that is about us, the consumer, the client, right? And the, 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 the thing is that we trust our beautician. We like them. We, in fact, love them. We look forward to go and see them. So our initiative is to turn the beauty houses, 
that we all need to the next level so that they can give us so much more than ever before. Guess why? Because we need it. Where else are we going to go for somebody to care about us, to talk with us, to have this intelligent conversation, this communication, this platform that will actually impact our life and we can go out there in the world and be whatever we want to be at our best. The truth is outer beauty, inner beauty empower us to become our best human that we can be. And these beauticians can do that with us, but they got to have the tools they got to have the knowledge. And, and also I want to add that you cannot extend beauty to others if you're not beautiful inside yourself. So it's very important that the beautician are empowered to become their own best, highest expression of their own humanity, which is their own beauty. We have to start with that. And then they can extend that to the rest of us. Together, we are all better. And the world is better. That is our duty. That is our obligation in the world of beauty. We've got to empower our people to be able to give that. I absolutely love that. And it, it makes so much sense. And guys, when listening, we're going to get into some of the dollars and cents behind the industry and what you can make. But I think the education part with the lead education program, one, you're going to put more insight and information and inside beauty into the beautician. They're going to make more. They're going to develop more. But now you're talking about an argument where you can go to the White House, which I know you do, and you can put macroeconomics and KPIs in front of them to say, we have one to two million beauticians in the world, if they're in the United States, if they each have, let's just say on a minimum, 50 clients, now you have 50 million to 100, 100 million humans that on a weekly basis are being positively impacted by those people they're working with. And I'm fortunate enough to have, shout out to Jeremy Morgan, he does my hair, he's an entrepreneur, he's educated. I look so forward to those conversations because it's not about, you know, my neighbor who just got a divorce. It's about like, what are we doing in the community? What is your non-for-profit? How are you? We talk about his finances as a hairdresser and his side hustles, and it can contribute to the hundred million plus clients out there. And that makes a greater impact. Now, one of the stories that I love is how you partnered with L'Oreal USA Professional Products to launch this. And one of the stories is you're at the board of directors, you look the, the team and executives in the eye, and you say, with or without you, I'm going to make an impact on this industry, and we are going to advance it from the slow progress it's had. L'Oreal USA Professional Products, they heard you, and they said, we're doing this with you. So why did you partner with them and tell me about that? Absolutely. I love that. So true. You know, L'Oreal USA Professional Products, they have always been about improving the life of professionals in the beauty industry. They've always been about empowering women particularly. They've always been about, and today more than ever before, about sustainability, about science, 
about social justice. These are the things that I love and I care about. Of course we are aligned. And the fact that they came on board and they came on board fully and they are in for the long haul and they're doing everything possible to support this initiative, this movement, and they are making a big difference. I couldn't be happier to be with this incredible house and I am so grateful for the support that they are giving at the deepest level. I love that. And if you think about the impact you're trying to make, and guys back, guys and girls back home, when you listen to this, this should resonate. If you have an impact, if you have a theory, if you have a thesis and you want to drive change, go find a way to partner with those people who have infrastructure to do so. You partnered with L'Oreal USA Professional Products who have the infrastructure across the entire world. And not only do they have that, they're touching an industry which is very concentrated around females. And you said this several times right now, women empowerment is extremely important to you and the empowerment of women is extremely important to this industry. So how does the LEAD program empower women in today's world? Connect that all to me. Absolutely. You see, I've always said women are beauty and beauty is women. Okay, there is something in the DNA of every woman. Every woman loves transformation. It's about transformation. It's about making things better. That's in the DNA of women. So you see women and beauticians come to this industry already with the heart to serve and take care of others and make others better, right? Now with LEAD, we truly empower them to bring that transformational power that they have to the table, to the client in a big way. Now they can play a bigger role, a more impactful role. I say now they can have a seat at the future of humanity, for God's sake. Right? I'm getting fired up listening <laughs> to you. I'm ready to go run through a wall. And I think there's there's so much to be said for that. And, and the, the tide is shifting. The movement is coming. And we're seeing almost every indicator out there with the progress of women in business and executive leadership take over. And I mean, I, I'm just a stat I put out yesterday. According to the National Association of Realtors, in 2021, single women made up 19% of home buyers, while single men accounted for only 9% of home buyers. And since 2010, there has been a 30% increase in the number of single women purchasing homes. That is, of course, in the real estate world, but it correlates to independence and career success. And that connects to this massively concentrated female industry and what you guys can do and the impact you can have. I want to get into some of the dollars and cents because that's what we do on Trading Secrets. But I already said it, the professional beauty industry, it's a $500 billion industry. And L'Oreal is the leading beauty products company with over $27 billion in global sales. And on top of it, for all those mom and dads that are shunning this industry, listen up clearly. Health and beauty e-commerce sales alone are expected to jump 77% over the next five years. So with that information, Francis, I ask you, today, 
What does it look like for a beautician that just comes out of beauty school as far as like what they can earn and make? And then the second part is how does lead and how does college and university educated workforce change what exists today? Absolutely. You know, it's a great question because I have a live example to give you. Love it. So <laughs> the first cohort that went to college and is now in university, the very first cohort, they came right after the beauty school. Normally, when you come right after the beauty school, your income is somewhere between sixteen to $25,000 yearly okay. at best if you come from beauty school alone, right? Yep. But that is, you have to be very lucky to do that because when you first come out of beauty school, your technical skill still needs a lot of work. And we're not talking about all the other skills you need. I won't go into that, but let me go to when you're a student and I have this student, the first cohort, I have them at 19, 20, and I want those parents to hear this. I hope all the parents in the United States are going to listen to this because they come out of the beauty school, 18, 19, 20. I can tell you right now, two years later, they're making 80,000, 90,000. this kind of money in our, in the beauty industry, normally you would make if you were incredibly successful after maybe 10 years, after 15 years, after doing a lot of try and error kind of situation, you know, and that's only the top 2%, et cetera, et cetera. Can you imagine just with your associate degree, that you can make that kind of income at 19, 20. A lot of people don't know. This is, I don't know about here, like in Arizona and many, a lawyer after seven years, a doctor, when they first start, their average income is 65,000, 70,000. The potential of earning, if if we put everything else aside, just the potential of earning is outrageous if you are educated and it always brings me back i shared with you last night with rolf yeah like this man over 25 years ago his haircut was 500 dollars and he was <laughs> making 400 to 500 thousand dollar a month a month a month cutting hair a month cutting hair I'm a numbers guy. I'm scratching the numbers. 500 bucks a haircut, but 500,000 a month. How quickly do you know anything about his setup? Was he doing haircuts quickly? Were there people like in line? I mean, what was his business being run like? Because I think if someone is a hairstylist out there, they might hear this, that what he did and be like, whoa, if I had the, re- if I learned this way, maybe I could change what I'm doing. Absolutely. What, what happened with him? First of all, total organize and efficiency, business efficiency, right? He had at the time three to five assistants, really almost like a machine. He (laughs) he calls it like a machine, but a perfect machine, right? A perfect machine. The client always received the highest quality, but in the most efficient, organized, purposeful, sincere deliverable way well this takes a lot of knowledge for example he would in those days would do 30 to 40 client a day a day that's optimization that's That's, optimization that's you're taught in a classroom and you know and it's interesting 
because he always showed up in a suit and a tie. Wow. Every single day. And he never got anything on his clothes. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> how much attention you would have to pay to every detail? How focused you need to be? How much you need to care? But I think the takeaways from that is to get to that level, you need marketing. You need such interesting branding. Find it, you, to have 40 cuts a day, the amount of logistics and operational skill set. You can't just come out of beauty school and think that the masses are going to have that. And that, it sounds like, is what LEAD is doing. 100%. 100%. Okay. So with L'Oreal USA Professional Products and then what you're doing at the top, Francis, where do you see the most job opportunities or just the biggest need within the beauty industry today? You know, it's so interesting that you ask that because we happen to be an industry that desperately need well-rounded, well-educated beauty professional. Jobs are available across the country. All interested people need to do is to prepare themselves, to educate themselves so they can get hired. Everybody's looking what I call for the beauty professional of the future. So it is, the, the, the market is wide open and they can be hired, they can have a fabulous life, and they can also become entrepreneur, team up with 10 other beauty professionals, make their own, I call salon of the future with beauty professionals of the future. The opportunities are endless, and I must say that at LEAD, we also help every graduate, we help them to be placed whichever state, wherever they want to have a job in many different areas, whether it is to go and work for a corporation like L'Oreal or whether it is to go work in a salon, we also help them with a complete business plan. I call it salon of the future business plan and training, even to open their own facility. So the opportunities are endless depending on what they want to do. I think it's fascinating. You talked a little bit about the cost, like you guys have available scholarships and yes. stuff. And if someone, it, whether someone could or couldn't meet the, the necessary needs for the scholarship, around how much would it cost to pursue this program? At college level, you're talking, depending if you're in a state student or out of a state student, at college level, you're talking five to seven thousand dollar total. Wow! Extremely inexpensive. Half, one third, one fourth of what people would normally do. And you and I know in the U.S., for people to get a bachelor degree, you're talking about seventy thousand, eighty thousand, hundred thousand debt, right? At university level, at ASU level you're talking around 9,500 to 10,000 a year, and you only have two years, it cannot get, and this was my goal, to make this as accessible, as financially affordable, as fast as possible, so people can get to where they want to go fast, 
and cost-effective. This is what I love about the Trading Secrets podcast is that numbers are objective and they do not lie, right? You look at beauty school today and the research we came up with is that on average, those individuals are carrying about $10,000 mm-hmm. in student loans. Mm-hmm. Then they're making around sixteen to 25000 a year. Through your program, it's five to seven K. So mm-hmm. it's less than what people are coming out with student loans, but you're accelerating their knowledge, their information and their resume to then generate three, four, five, six, ten 10 times the income. I mean, it's an absolute no brainer powered by you and L'Oreal USA professional products. It's unbelievable. Someone at home might be listening to this and just might be separated from the beauty industry, inspired by your thought leadership. Tell me a little bit about how you define what is a thought leader and what are some ways someone, maybe just listening to this home, can start bringing in thought leadership to their career today. Absolutely. You know, thought leadership in my mind is about transformation, is about innovation, is about focusing on something that that you come to understand people or society, or for that matter, the whole world needs and it's not there. Thought leadership is, is about becoming an expert in an area, right? And then understanding a segment of the society or the business or the country or the world, understanding it, and then thinking about how can I completely transfer this, transform this. So that's where it's at. It's about saying no to status quo and and saying yes to innovation and how I can impact life. I totally connect with that. And I love the idea of just like rethinking what has been status quo. Break the blueprint to the blueprint that's been instilled on you because transformation doesn't occur unless you do just that. What is the goal that you are running with L'Oreal USA Professional Products? And when do you know it's been successful? Great question. So together with L'Oreal USA Products, I want our initiative to move very fast. It is a global initiative. I want it to impact the nearly 8 million beauty professionals around the world, especially women. I wanted to completely bring a new image, a new respect, a new future to the workforce of this industry. It is time. This is well overdue. It has to happen and it has to happen now. And speed, I would say, is the name of the game. That is why I love my partnership with L'Oreal USA products, because with their resources and with their uh, ability, we can do that much faster. And it is needed. It is needed now. Now, I say yesterday. It has to happen now and it has to happen fast. And not only for the workforce, I would argue, Think about it. We are in a time where the suicide of young people right here in Mm. this country is sky high. So many challenges as humans we are dealing with emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. We really need help Mm -hmm. in a good way. 
And I want us to empower beautician to give to us the human of today, that personal human touch that right now we cannot find in many other places. We don't even have the time <laughs> to, yeah. to, to look for it. But there we can get it. I don't know if that answers your question. It answers it perfectly. And the first thing I'm thinking about is with depression rates as high as they are right now, especially with social media, mm -hmm. a lot being focused on outside beauty because people are constantly comparing themselves and it magnifies these insecurities. It brought a thought to me I recently experienced and then it will lead to a question to you is in Nashville, they named some people, and they do it every year, to this most beautiful people list. And I told some people in my circle about it, oh, I got recognized with this award. And a, a lot of them were like making fun of me. They're like, oh, beautiful. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's crazy how the first thing we think when someone says beautiful is they're talking about your looks. They're talking about the exterior. And I was explaining that the recognition had to do with like impact, the book, what was going on from a financial education standpoint. It wasn't about the beauty of the individual's face, appearance, or style. It was about the impact they're making with their work. And then I got the, ah, moment. And it leads me to ask you this question. I think people could take a lot from it. How do you define beauty? What does yeah. beauty mean to you? Beautiful. I want to speak to, to that piece of beauty and, and, and the social media and what the young people are facing, you know, this whole business of comparing yourself with someone else. Yeah. I have always said, I will give you a blank check signed. You write on it any number you want. Go out in the world and find another Jason that talks like you, acts like you, is silly like you, is good like you, is bad like you, whoever you are, whatever you are. It's only one of you in the whole world. Mm -hmm. Now you tell me, are you a superstar or not? <laughs> you are. <laughs> Everybody is. I like that. So the beauty professionals, their new identity and obligation and career should be about validating every individual for who you are, creating an outer look to celebrate your inner look and being, and to remind you and to validate you that you are great just the way you are, that you do not need to look like someone else. And it's interesting you say that because, you know, the beauty industry has some fault in this too. You see, we might have put too much emphasis on mm -hmm. the outside sure and through our workforce we can come to a balance you see mm -hmm. and we can help people to celebrate their own uniqueness individuality who they are that is the next level of beauty validating everybody for who they are and celebrating them and cheering them on into their lives says being their cheerleader you're great I'm going to make you look fabulous, just the way your inner beauty is. And you're going to go out in the world. I mean, at the end of the day, beautician help us to show up in the world and do whatever we do best and look and feel our best. It's a big responsibility that has been taken too lightly. 
right? It, it has been taken too lightly because what I think when you you say beautician, there's just the natural connotation of what everyone is premeditated to think. Mm -hmm. And then when you have someone like mm -hmm. yourself who's a thought leader who says, I can change the world if we can change beauticians, most people are going to raise an eyebrow and say, what do you mean? But based on everything we just discussed, there are so many things that are surrounded by this industry, by the people that are running it, by the people that are working in it, and the people that utilize it. And it's crazy to think through education, but the right form of education, because there are so many issues with the current education system today that LEAD has put into place to optimize so many of this these things can be fixed. It is a, it's a thesis that most people, when they hear it at the surface level, they'll be like, what? But when they listen to the way you explain it and the impact it has on depression and financial success, professional success, personal happiness, it's endless. And so that also, I think people should hear a little bit more from you mm -hmm. because they have clearly heard your passion for this, the impact you're making. But I think they would be very fascinated with some of the other business ventures that you're either currently involved in or at once upon a time were involved in. And just a little bit about your career story. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? About my background career story or what my next let's, project is? Let's oh, first background. talk about your background career story and then I would love to hear your next, next sure. project. So, you know, in my early 20s, I got engaged in our family business out of Hamburg, Germany. And we've been a global trader for several hundred years, the family has. And so I traveled in many parts of the world. I lived in many parts of the world throughout my professional and personal journey. And that's something that is in the DNA of the family. I've always been engaged in community matter, in country matter, in social matter. And of course, as I've shared with you before, empowering women and helping children has always been at the heart of my life. Because to tell you the truth, I've always believed in a house, if the woman is healthy and happy, you have a healthy and happy home. End of a story. I believe is the same in the community. I believe is the same in the country. I believe is the same in the world. And that has always been how I have conducted my life. I'm trying to think what else you want me to say about my own background. The one thing I have to say about my background, I never felt that I have to become act like a man or become like a man to be successful. Actually, I have always been a full-on woman and, and, and really utilizing my feminine power to be impactful in my own personal life and, and influence others in any which way that I could. I'm trying to think you... There was something I wanted to say, but I forgot. What what was your question? So the, what next? So we got a little bit about your background, oh, but okay. what, what next can we expect from you career-wise? Or what yes. objectives? Yeah. So building on kind of bringing awareness to the world about beauty and that beauty matters and that beauty is a value 
as good as truth and building on that and really reclaiming the power of beauty because think about it this whole existence the entire cosmos the planet earth with all the animal the tree every creation isn't that beauty <laughs> at its finest form at its finest form that's it yeah and so so when it comes to this part of beauty i say we are the beauty right we're not the ugly industry right we are the beauty industry if we are the beauty industry then everybody in it shouldn't practice beauty should be beauty oh i like that all the way i like that all the way and help everyone else to be that too so building on this and kind of putting the women on the world map mm-hmm. and their power and the power of beauty industry collectively i am right now engaged in a major project and it's a is a monumental global construction project that is going to engage 500 university chapters around the world 10 million children and every woman in the world to make it happen it's going to be bigger than the empire state building wow and it is focused to bring all of us together as human it's about humanity it is about the beauty of humanity and it's about bringing all of us together to see and feel and experience the beauty of our planet earth the only home we have and our oneness and togetherness and to bring us together through education so that together we can help keep our planet earth celebrate sustainability our oneness and our coming together i want women and the beauty industry to be at the forefront of this project putting themselves on the map listen you thought beauty is i don't know what <laughs> let me tell you what beauty is about to do <laughs> i am fired up again thinking <laughs> about it now it sounds like this project is like going to be the eighth wonder of the world yes. when can we get an update on when this uh, what will be next early early next year you will have an update from me Early next year we mm-hmm. will have an update on the eighth wonder of the world larger than the Empire State Building impacting universities people women and leaders across the universe I can't wait to hear more about that I have two questions I have to ask that's all about the viewers the people listening so you can give them some tips and tricks with your information so the first question I have for you for the consumer What is something about the beauty industry that your everyday consumer, your everyday person who goes to get a haircut, goes to the salon, maybe buys product, what is some advice or something we should know about the industry that we might not know as a consumer? Absolutely. I would say to every consumer demand more from our industry on all levels. Whether you are with a beauty professional, make sure they listen to you they respect you they acknowledge you 
they are well educated and they, they deliver what you want. I hear it across the country, men and women, and mostly women. You know, they constantly say, well, I said this to my hairdresser and she did that. <laughs> it's all the time. It's all the time. We can no longer do that. That's not okay. So I would say our industry has the tools, has the resources, has the power to speak to the 21st century. Ask us for more. Because when you do that, we are forced in a good way to rise up to the occasion and to deliver to you the next level of experience, products, ingredients, everything that is the right thing for our time, for these modern days, into the future. That would be my advice. Don't put up with, with anything less than excellent. Demand more. So much. Yes. Think about Ralph, who had people in their <laughs> will getting appointments. That's what you should expect, at least to some level. All right. Then I got to ask you the second question for the, for the viewers. You said the word future. You said we've heard that the whole industry is a little antiquated. We know what's happening with the lead program and everything that you're doing. What can we expect to change in the future of the salon first? Like, at what point do you think, like, we'll have robots cutting our hairs? Will there be, like, more technology? In the future of a salon, what, is, what do you think the number one thing we can expect well, will surprise, be? Well, surprise, surprise. We already have robots oh, wow. in the first salon of the future out of a Scottsdale. We have the highest level of technology and so on and so on. And I'm glad you asked that. Another thing that I love about L'Oreal and specifically L'Oreal USA products, they are all about technology, okay? They embrace technology. They are all about the future. They're, I love that kind of thinking and innovation, and that's where we are aligned. Let me tell you, my wish for this industry is to build many, many, many across the world what I call Salon of the future. Okay. Where compassion is celebrated. Technology is at the center of it. Robots, AI, everything, anything. I say it's about high tech, soft touch Ooh. coming together, right? I like high tech, soft touch coming together. Beauty, humanity, art connection for God's sake. Oh. We all need human connection in its best way. So we need the salon of the future to represent a house of beauty that is designed to uplift all of us in the most beautiful way. So we can go out in the world and represent our highest expression of whoever we are. That's what I want to see. Ladies and gentlemen, that right there is the CEO and the president of Ralph's Global. That's Francis. I mean, it is so amazing what you are doing with L'Oreal USA Professional Products. And I think the whole idea of LEAD, just this revolutionary higher education program it's going to change the world. And with your energy and compassion behind it since day one to where it is today, I 
think we all listening have the confidence that it will change. It's incredible. It's inspirational. It's insightful. We have to land and end with a trading secret, though. We have, as you guys know, the CEO, the one, the only of Ralph's Global, Francis. So, Francis, one trading secret. People can't read it in a textbook. They can't find it in a classroom. They certainly can't YouTube or Google it. They can only get it from you with your incredible experience from a career and professional standpoint. What is one trading secret you can leave us with? I would say for each and every one of us, A, everything we want in the outside world starts in the internal self, right? Yeah. It, our journey, our life on this planet as individual, business people, mothers, fathers, whatever it is you're doing, it starts internally. And then it expands to the outside. And to focus on your internal growth, human evolution. You see, most of us <laughs> still live our life in this automatic kind of a life. You know, yeah. things just happens to us. Yeah. Right? Totally. But we are at this place where human evolution needs to go to the next level. And I would say that has everything to do with becoming completely conscious of who we are and everything around us. That consciousness, bringing consciousness to our being, to our internal life, which will then expand to our external life. I would tell everybody get rid of this idea of life and work and balance and all of this stuff <laughs> right right there is only one life that you are living and this life is fully integrated with the entire existence show up and most importantly do what's needed What's needed, do that with all of yourself. Every time you do anything in life, bring all of you to the table. I love that. It's a great place to wrap up. Bring all of you to the table. And it also connects to our conversation when I did ask you, like, how do you manage personal relationships and all this balance? And you, this was part of your answer. And I think one of the big things that resonated with me, too, is when you talked about we have to stop living this life where we're constantly trying to make everybody else happy. Mm -hmm. We have to work on ourselves and make ourselves connected and aligned and happy. And when we do that, that will bring the best version of us, which hopefully you will make the people that you should be connected with happy because you're the best you, because you found your inner beauty. And I think we constantly live in a world where we're serving others rather than just serving ourselves. And when we can serve ourselves, serving others will come so 
much easier. So Francis, this has been an unbelievable, jam-packed, inspirational episode. I'm ready to go like be a politician after this. I'm ready. I'm fired up. Tell us a little bit about where people can find you and everything you have going on. And if they have a, a question, how they could connect with you, where can people find more of Francis Tesman? Really, I would say Lead Institute is the best place to connect with me. That's what I would say. Okay, go check out Lead Institute. We will have all the information in the show notes. And make sure you stay tuned to the recap. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my dinner with Francis and some of the other stories that we didn't get to. Her journey is amazing, and it's a recap you can't afford to miss. And I want to say one thing. You can use it or leave it. The one thing I want to say, I want to invite everyone to the beauty industry. You know, right now, people are thinking, you know, a lot of people we know in the U.S. don't like their job or they're not happy. They're thinking reset, really. I think the beauty industry is a fabulous career and future, and people should look into it because for the longest time, people didn't look into this because they thought this is not a career. They thought it doesn't make money. They thought it doesn't have prestige. It doesn't have respect, right? We're changing that. What a great time for people to look into this industry and see if this is something you want to do. Because I know for a fact that a lot of people that I talk to says, you know, I, I always wanted to go to this industry, but, you know, I didn't think, you know, I can make a living or the prestige is down or whatever, or my mom or my dad. I want to say to the world, that's over. <laughs> Hello, welcome, come in, join us. Let's change the world together. I love it. Change is coming. Change is here. And time is being made up for a lot of lost time in this industry led by Francis Tesmer. Francis, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Trading Secrets. Thank you so much. And Jason, I love what you do. I love what you represent. I love the work you do and the impact you have. Keep it going. Thank you so much. It means the world. This is not the end of Francis and I teaming up, hopefully. (laughs) And thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much. Ding, ding, ding. We are closing in the bell with the one and only, the curious Canadian to what was really an awesome podcast, super deep, very just thoughtful. And I think the thesis behind, you know, what Francis is doing with L'Oreal, with Ralph's Global is incredible. Now, David, one thing I got to tell you about before we even get into your curiosities that drive the recap is the whole concept of Ralph, the individual who is charging $500 per haircut, but had 30 something haircuts a day, was making all kinds of money. He was there. I have to give you this behind the scenes. He was there with us listening to the podcast. He was one of the sweetest humans I feel like I've ever come across. And he made it very clear to me after he said, listen, you know, what you shared about those numbers and stuff, that's all good stuff, right? But that does not define me. And I think he said he said to me a quote I'll never forget. He said, success without sharing is a failure. And that while he did have a lot of lucrative success, he had given back and has given back over $40 million 
back to the community, to impact and charities and non-for-profits that are important to him. It's something behind the scenes. It's something I had to share before we kick it off. Now that I did and we rang in the closing bell, David, what do you got? Yeah, we, we'll get to Rolf later. I have some some statistics and stats and things I just want to chime in on about Rolf. So we'll definitely get to him later. Um, just a really interesting episode. I, I think I said to you when I when I texted you right after I listened to it, it was almost more of an ebook than it was a podcast. And it was just so deep in an hour. You got so deep about so many topics and so many interesting takes from someone who's so successful, who has such a interesting vision on the industry and, and, and us as humans in general. I thought it was really, really awesome. Before we get into the depths and in the weeds, I got two quick definitions for you, uh, okay. if you're ready for those. Fire so away. one of them, you talked about KPI. Um, any of these acronyms, I always got to ask for the people at home, what does KPI mean? So KPI is key performance indicators. And so you'll hear this a lot as business jargon when people be like, okay, what were the KPIs on that campaign? What were the KPIs that back up that thesis? Stuff like that. So so like it's business jargon, but imagine you're coaching your hockey game. You had a hockey game this weekend. I would say, David, give me the KPIs of the game. That would be the players that scored. What were the score? You know, power plays, penalties, things like that. Those are KPIs. I'm laughing because the KPIs for my games this weekend were outrageous. So uh, we won tw- we won tw- we won twenty to one and eleven to one against a team that was we were not supposed to beat that much. So, anyways, uh, I love that. second Good definition I got antiquated. Uh, you asked her why the industry that she's in is so antiquated. What does antiquated mean? That's a word so I feel it- like I should know, but don't. That's that's probably one you should know, you know, with the Geneseo education. <laughs> but you know what? There's We've bashed no, that. I get education enough on there this. There is so. no judging but, but with me. the curious Canadian. You judge and you get off this podcast. You don't listen anymore. Correct. So antiquated. What do you think it means? Let's do that. Uh, your industry is so antiquated. Oh, God. I would say like um, antiquated might be like oversaturated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that's a great guess. It's actually okay. old, outdated. So antiquated. It's outdated. It's old mm. fashioned. Okay. You know what's Antique. antiquated? This is antiquated. Antiques. Jason Tardic reading the Wall Street Journal yes. here so I could get there some information is. for tutorials. Antiquated behavior. Okay. Good. Should have saw Ding the dong. antique and just run with it there. That was yeah. good though. Okay. So now I got to start where, where, where you left off in the uh, interview and asking about the dinner. And it's funny. The first because we're foodies, the first uh, thing I had in my notes since you mentioned it was you had a three-hour dinner. Where did you guys go? And tell me about the dinner. Okay. So the dinner was absolutely remarkable. And I'd say it's remarkable because of just her preparation. Like you talk about a true professional, right? A true professional, you know, dressed head to toe for the occasion clearly had her team work with the restaurant before. So she knew like where we wanted to sit, the type of conversation she wanted to have. She had already made the decision that she was going to, uh, this was her treat. And before we even got there, you could tell there was a conversation between her team and the waiter to let us have conversation. The bill was already, the the credit card and everything, like it just came directly to her. There was no exchange of card. Like everything was just so professional and well done. Um, And and we sat there for three three something hours. I can't tell you, and maybe shame on me, the last time I sat at a dinner for three hours, not one time did anybody leave to go to the bathroom or to look at their phone. Like it was just impressive. And the conversation was just deep about her past and 
And she comes from a family with big, big oil money. And, and she talks a lot about women empowerment. And as a woman, she just wasn't taken seriously like in Europe. She'd be meeting with oil tycoons and kings and queens and political leaders. And she talked about what it took to actually gain credibility. And then I asked her a question because we got really into the discussion. I said to her, I said, tell me a little bit about like, who is one of the most impressive people that you've ever come across that you've met with? And she said Gorbachev was one of the most impressive individuals she had ever met from his leadership, his communication, his, his vision, his ability to execute. And David, these are the people she's meeting with, kings, queens, oil tycoons, and people like Gorbachev. And, and just the way, man, just the way she carries herself, it was a lesson to me. The way she speaks, the way she's prepared, she brings in such an energy of power, professional, and leadership that sometimes you forget that stuff does matter and it does have an impact. It does. It, it, when I was watching the video of, of the interview, I was like, part of me was like, do I go one and a half X speed because she does talk so like, you know, slow and methodical. But I was like, no, because everything that she says, every word has such meaning and she has such a presence about her. How did you even get introduced? Like, how did we get her on the podcast? What was the story behind that. How does Jason Tardick, you know, the reality TV star turned podcaster, turned entrepreneur, get hooked up with someone like this? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually love, I love that question. I love what you said, because when she speaks, she speaks with such passion and purpose, right? So it's not about the speed. It's not about the words. It's about the impact that she has. And I think when you say like, how do we get something like this? Like, how does the guy from the reality show who's able to position this stuff have someone who was the president of the United Nations World Trade Point Federation Germany on the podcast? It's crazy. It's amazing. And what happened, David, is ironically enough, Evan and I are working in, 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 in Connecticut together. And, and this lady who lives in the same building is Evan, stops by and says, hey, I know you from the show, but I love what you've done wow. with everything outside of the show. So she's like a fan. She sees it's an it's a open office. She comes in. We meet with her. We learn more about what she does. She works for L'Oreal. And she brought pretty much this whole idea to us based on what you're doing with side hustle and making an impact on people. You got to talk to Frances Tesmer. She is making such a splash in the beauty industry, and it's sparked by education and career change. And so that's how the pieces got connected. And, and Frances is someone I hope to stay connected with my entire life. And, and she wants to help. She That's another thing, David. I want to put this out there. Sorry. I know I'm going on a tangent. But she <laughs> challenged me at this dinner to think bigger. She's like, listen, it is amazing. You got two books. First book crushed it. Your podcast, your agency, it's great. But like, Based on your pay transparency purpose and these theses, you need to go bigger. You need to go to the White House. You need to think larger. And like it, Kyle's like, damn, she's right. I mean, she was, I could see that. Like she was intimidating just in the presence and in the preparation that I could tell that you had in the interview. And then to hear that you had a three hour dinner to prepare you for that. I think that's what, at the end of the day why it was so impactful because you had the backstory. One of the things that she talks about in her main mission is the lead kind of leadership education program that she's providing. Just want your quick takes on that. I have some thoughts on that. I just, I think it's an incredible option and avenue for people who want to get into the industry. You know, the main thing that sticks out for me is the cost of it, five to $7,000 for a year of uh, that program. And if that's an industry you want to be in, what better way to kind of spend and invest your money on something that is 
more relatable and, and usable to what you want to go into rather than, as we all have talked about on here before, the cost of the undergraduate degree, go to a school, be undecided for a major, spend 40000 for a year, and then still not know what you're doing four years down the road. You know, other things that that I, you know, really think were impactful for that lead program. I just want to get your your thoughts on on that. I'm, because I mean, it's the lead such program, an incredible thing. it's brilliant. The lead program is absolutely brilliant. Like she said, it's a new era for leaders in this ever-changing world of beauty. It's a no-brainer. And the fact they're partnered up with L'Oreal USA Professional Products just speaks volumes to the impact this will have. If you know someone or you think there's an interest, go to the show notes on this podcast. You could go to Apple. You could see our show notes. We'll have the link there where you can go look into and explore this program because it's going to change the world. It's going to change the beauty industry. And David, that's my take. But think about this. The one thing that resonated with me is the relationship I have with my hairdresser. I can tell you everything about him. Jeremy, I know his husband. I've been to his house. I know his preferences. I know his family. I know stories about his grandparents. I honestly, right now, I I love my doctor. Can't even think of his name. My dentist, well, it's Ian Mort. So I know him. He's been a friend forever. (laughs) But the point is, is like the relationship I have with these people is material. And I get the thesis and I agree with it. How about you? Do you have a good relationship with your hairdresser? Yeah, an awesome one. I mean, it's funny you say that because I didn't really realize it till you asked the question. When we got, when I got married last summer, my hairdresser, my barber, Hammy Haircut, shout out Hammy, uh, was in at my wedding in the groomsman room. He came and, and did all of our hair before. Right. So he's in there in the most important, yeah, it was the most important few hours of my life leading up to walking down the aisle. And he's in there and he's he's, you know, He's in those moments of my life. And one thing that we've always done with Hammy and I is like, it's always, it's always impactful conversation. It's never gossip, right? It's always like, you know, he's doing the brother Bill thing uh, with the Instagram. We go and we talk Instagram, we talk analytics, we talk about the podcast, we talk about growth, we talk about money, we talk about brand deals, we talk about all those things. So it's like a really exciting half an hour every two, three weeks when I get my haircut to know that like, I'm going to go there for an impactful conversation outside of you know what both of our norms is his his norm is cutting hair and mine's coaching hockey and we get to sit down for half an hour and kind of talk like inspirational life stuff that we're both trying to accomplish but i'm super close with mine and i met yours your your hairdresser cut my hair too that one time in nashville i remember that's right that's right it's all clicking because hammy was at the wedding hammy does a ton of stuff on instagram and twitter with the buffalo bills so look at like i know this is the this is the connection i know (laughs) the guy who cuts your hair you know the guy that cuts my hair that's the impact these people have in our lives and they're both great people and i do think we're fortunate that jeremy and hammy are both super intelligent educated, very motivated, have incredible businesses. And that's her thesis. If we can get everybody in this industry like those two who have made an unbelievable living off it and built this business, then it could change massive KPIs. The KPIs are there. Yes. Full circle. There we go. And and one thing about the lead program too that they talk about, and this resonated to me as a hockey coach because the hockey players come to my academy and it's our job to place them in the right junior hockey program and in the right college hockey program, you know, just having that resource when people go take part in the lead program that they help them get placed. They supply them with the business plan and training. I think that that's so important. They help them if they want to open their salon or, or get in a salon or anything like that. Um, I just think that that's, again, thinking about like the future and their future and the future of helping these people be successful in the industry. $500 billion industry, $27 billion L'Oreal and global sales. You said a 77 percent projected increase in economic and e-commerce sales in the next five years 
She talked about the salary range of 75 to 90K, two-year salary out of being in beauty school, which is more than other industries that you traditionally would think would make more money in the in that short term, like a dentist and a doctor. Potential earnings, as she said, outrageous. So, you know, some of those Rolf numbers were outrageous too. 500 bucks a cut, 400 to 500K a month. Uh, you know, just really, really crazy stuff, to be honest. Yeah, I love the numbers thrown around here. I mean, obviously, you just recapped a bunch of them, but even just the idea that the industry received more than a billion dollars in federal student loans and grants, but these individuals are coming out with $16,000 annually salary, and then they're holding 10K of debt. The model's broken, and Francis is fixing the model. And it was so cool yeah. to meet her, someone of her background and power and just aptitude. She inspired me, and she clearly inspired L'Oreal USA Professional Products when she sat down and said, you can do it with me or without me, but I'm going to go in and I'm going to make this happen. They made the right choice. They did it with her. Guys, this was an unbelievably powerful episode. Share the lead information with someone you know. Everyone right now should just Take that link and share it with one person because you too could be part of this change. David, any last thoughts before we wrap up? Well, I, I, I have to say, you know that we're always deep in the reviews, the ideas that we are getting for the name of our community and you know the section of bringing listeners on has been incredible. Keep hitting the reviews for those. We've seen a ton of different options. Money Mafia, I know is one that kind of stuck out to me but there are tons and tons. Keep them coming. We're all over the reviews. We love reading them. The engagement has been incredible. So keep those up. Keep those up. We're close to naming a name. We're close to the name right now. That's a good one though, David. We are leaning towards the money mafia and you would be part of the mafia. Clearly correlated to Bill's mafia, but this is the money mafia. Let us know if you like it. If you don't, it put in the reviews, of course, five stars, and then say Money Mafia, yes or no. Put your Instagram handle. We will appreciate it. We also had one more question. I know I came in hot from Peggy Mord, who's a listener. She was asking me the difference between a talent manager and an agent. I'm going to give a very quick uh, uh, answer to that. A talent manager, you're working day-to-day with the individual. You have the relationship with the talent. So if you are Brad Pitt's talent manager, you're working on his schedule, his taxes, his day-to-day stuff. You're getting his deals. You are He is your priority. An agency is working really with the big businesses and uh, the companies and the endorsements and the record labels, et cetera, that are finding those opportunities. So if a network comes to 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 uh, you know, let's say it's Brad Pitt with a TV deal, there's an agency that'll probably source the deal, then they'll go to the talent manager. The talent manager will work directly and hold the hand of Brad Pitt. So that's the answer to Peggy Mort. David, we're gonna wrap up this episode of Trading Secrets. Give us five stars. Let us know if you like the money mafia. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Trading Secrets. One hopefully you couldn't afford to miss. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.